Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote, and we're in episode number two with Pua, who was raised LDS in Hawaii and then later in Alaska. And she has a fascinating story, and we're delighted that you're along with us to hear it. So um, before we get into her story, Lynn, you've had more contact with her, and so I wanted to kick it back to you to kind of bring us up to speed on what's happening. The audience might be surprised to hear the states that have the highest percentage of Mormons in them. Utah, of course, and Idaho at the top, Wyoming, Nevada, Arizona, and guess what the next one is? (laughs) Hawaii. I'm not sure that everyone knows that Hawaii is very LDS, and particularly mm-hmm. the native Hawaiian people, many, 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 many have joined the Mormon church, but not just the Hawaiians, but Samoans and Filipinos and mm-hmm. a number of folks from the Pacific, right, islands. Mm-hmm. Pua is native Hawaiian. Um, you need to go find our first episode She talked about how her family were some of the original to join the Mormon church in the middle 1800s in Hawaii, how they helped translate the Book of Mormon into Hawaiian, Mm -hmm. and how they have been very active in the church over the years. Poa, however, began to question uh, her Mormon faith a few years ago, but not the God of heaven. And... Mm -hmm. um, who is going to continue with her story. Tell us though about these Hawaiian people and their warrior spirit and how that works with Mormonism. Yeah, so it kind of goes to the stripling warriors in Helaman. Yeah. So that- um, Okay, so the the people who aren't familiar with Mormonism, give us the brief overview of what that story is about in the Book of Mormon. Okay, so in the Book of Helaman, it talks about the 2000 stripling warriors and how their mothers taught them and how they were raised up um, to be, you know, these strong men uh, uh, for the zeal of, of God. And, um, and they fought and won a war. Not one of them uh, was hurt or killed. And so uh, our nation, the Polynesian nations, you know, Fiji, uh, Tahiti, um, uh, New Zealand, Hawaii, Samoa, uh, Tonga, all of us really like resonate with that story because um, in all of our cultures, we're warriors. You know, this is who we are. This is where we come from. Um, but specifically to my own people in Hawaii, um, we have massive uh, cultural uh, heritage and history concerning um, warrior nation uh, within our own culture. And so, especially starting with King Kamehameha I, who brought all the islands together. So that that's an, another topic. Um, however, starting back with the warrior nation of my people, 
um, and my genealogy. So I already spoke about John Kahumoku, my grandfather, who was one of the first born missionaries and um, who helped Jonathan Napella and George Buchanan um, translate the Book of Mormon. Not only that, but in the Kahumoku line of our genealogy, there's a place in the Big Island called Ho'okena. So Ho'okena, a Big Island, Hawaii, that is an uh, actual heiau. And you cannot, nobody can go in there. You can't just go in there. Okay, what is a heiau um, for people who are up on A heiau is a, is a sacred place okay. to our Hawaiian people, and it's protected by the state. Uh, however, my family has this, um, has the key. Uh, to get into the gate to go to this hell in Ho'okena. And I've only been there twice. Um, it was around the time my dad passed away uh, four years ago in 2016. And my auntie Linda Pike has the key. Anyway, um, in Ho'okena, uh, within our cultural history, this was the place that was um, designed and set forth for uh, the, the state of Hawaii, or not state of Hawaii, but the Big Island, um, for the kings and the queens and all the mighty warriors to learn how to fight. And I actually saw the wall, uh, the lava wall, which was built by my family's hands um, to set the, uh, the different areas of where they would, the, where they would train. Um, there were certain, wow. uh, there was a certain, yeah, it's really beautiful and it's so cool. Um, and my kids got to see it. My husband got to see it. Um, and uh, my aunties, they're, you know, my auntie Ku'ule and my auntie Linda and my auntie Lonnie, they all told me the story um, the second time that I went in and they shared with me where the kings uh, and the queens would train and where their best warriors would train. And this is where my family comes from on my dad's side. Um, and my, my grandpa, Willie, uh, my tutu man, Willie, that's how we say our great grandpa or grandpa. Sure. Um, yeah, he was, his house is still there. So then you're this descended is, so, from some of the original kings of Hawaii. Yes, I am. Your family. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. On my dad's side, uh, my, the Kahumokus were dukes to uh, the king, King Kamehameha, the Kamehameha line. So, and that's why my brother's name is Duke. Duke really? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So okay. So, so we've got this warrior heritage, and Hawaiians join the Mormon Church and take this warrior heritage and attach it to religion, right? Oh yes. So that they might defend the one true church. And certainly, yes. when I was Mormon, right, we believed we were the one true true church. But I, I think the church was constantly grooming me to believe that people were out to get me, right? Satan was out to get the one true church, and so you were always in this defensive position, particularly yes. with Christians or outside right yeah and um interesting a lot enough when I was in you know growing up and going to school I had a lot of experiences um concerning you know my catholic friends my christian friends my neighbors that I used to play with um they would always kind of I guess uh plant seeds if you can say um they would pray for me they would um, talk about God and their faith. They would question um, a lot about the church. 
you know, Mormon what do you believe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the Mormon church and they would question. Um, so I always, you know, I was, I, family home evening, one of the number one um, family home evening lessons we always had was the plan of salvation. Like my dad literally like educated the heck out of us concerning the plan of happiness, the plan of salvation. And so the minute someone would question me, that was the first thing I would share, you know, um, is the plan of salvation. And that actually started when I was like in the third grade, I, I taught my third grade teacher, Mrs. O'Leary about the plan of happiness because she was questioning me about my faith and stuff. And can you real quickly share that? Because we get a lot of Christian listeners and I think they'd be interested to know what the plan of salvation in Mormonism is. Oh gosh. Um, So you want me to- Yeah, just give us the thumbnail sketch. Briefly, yeah. Oh, thumbnail sketch. Okay, here we go. So um, the, of course there was the pre-mortal existence uh, where there was a war in heaven and a third of the host of heaven fell. And, and um, anyway, that's where we chose, uh, you know, between Jesus Christ and Satan, they, in Mormonism, they believe that they're brothers. Um, and of course, Jesus Christ was chosen. And so the plan went forth. Then there's birth. We come into the earth. Um, then there's death. Our, our, our earthly existence is for the testing of our faith here. Um, and then, of course, we die. However, in Mormonism, if you're not a Mormon, you would go to spirit prison. And if you are a Mormon, you would go to paradise where you'll wait. Um, this part, I always get mixed up judgment and resurrection. Uh, the two lines, I'm looking at it in my mind, uh, pre-mortal birth, birth, death, and then, right. <laughs> of course, paradise, spirit <laughs> prison. And then I believe it's judgment and then the resurrection is how it goes. And then, of course, the the three glories, you know, celestial, terrestrial, and, and telestial. And then the celestial kingdom, there's even like three tiers there, you know, if you're baptized and then if you get your niche stories and endowments, then you're like, obviously God, right? You become a God. Right. So, And we can link to a graphic. We can have a graphic that talks about all this, um, I think on yeah. our website. So we'll put in some links to some of the stuff that you're mentioning. So people go, what? I There'll yeah. be some things so you can, we can get this, down and more TDL, but okay. And then yeah. the resurrection is obviously to one of those three, <clears throat> excuse me, one of those three kingdoms then based which on are three separate heavens, which are yes. actually three separate heavens. Yep. The top one for righteous Mormons who have yes. temple recommends the top yeah. of the top one for righteous Mormons yes. who are sealed in the temple and do right. good works till the end of their life. And if done enough for God to save them, right? Yes. And then, Middle Kingdom being for Christians and and Jack Mormons, bad Mormons, right. right? And the bottom one being for everyone else. Yes, even Hitler. Of course, we can't you know forget outer darkness and how Mormons believe you know. And in fact, I don't even think I was taught much about hell um, mm-hmm. growing up, and I don't even think Mormons believe in hell because um, that was like a you know, you don't go there. Um, kind of only for the demons and the, yeah. right. and, well, the yeah. only yeah. way to get yes. to outer darkness, yes. the only way to get to outer darkness is to join the Mormon church and then leave it. If you never join, yes. you can never end up in outer darkness. Right. If yeah. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, that really, just by you saying that brought me back to the tree of life, you know, when, um, who was it that bit the fruit and threw it down? I can't remember. 
anyway in the book of mormon yeah in the book of mormon yeah mm-hmm. that really anyway that's a whole other thing too <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah so that's kind of um what i would do growing up is it was always going back to the plan of salvation plan of happiness and um if they had any questions you know concerning how the mormon church worked um or anything of course the first thing you would tell them is well i have friends um that you could speak with if you know if there's have, any they'd answer. love to come talk to you yes yeah if i can't answer any of your questions you know i have two awesome friends and so of course you know then the missionaries would come in and i think one thing we can say here to help especially non-mormons with the significance of the lds plan of salvation is pretty much everything in the lds plan of salvation if you want the happiness that's promised it is all yes. tied to your membership in the lds church in other words yes. there is no making it to the top there is no making it to eternal life in the presence of heavenly father without the LDS church. And so the organization itself is crucial. And Mm -hmm. that's really where you want people to end up is you want them to investigate the Mormon church and eventually join the LDS church so they can be part of this plan of salvation, which is so different from the gospel, um, the the biblical gospel, which is we want people to come to the person of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and the religious organization that you are a part of or not a part of is totally irrelevant to this personal relationship with the living God through Jesus. Um, and yep. so while there's a lot of common terminology between the two, the plans themselves are very, very different. Yeah. Well, oh, I just in the to... last episode, Pua began to tell us um, some of the things that were stirring in her mind as she began to question the church. Yes. She said Joseph Smith certainly was that uh, one of those kind of catalysts. Tell us a little more about your journey toward leaving Mormonism. And then I cannot wait to get to your place of finding Jesus because you are one of the most solid Jesus believing people I've ever met, I would say that less left Mormonism. Thank you. I do really love God. I, I love Jesus so much. I can't even begin. He's my best friend. Um, I, I just love talking to him. I love his word. It is so life giving life breathing. Um, I'll never forget when I read Ezekiel concerning the dry bones come alive Mm. I wept and I wept for weeks Mm. and I knew that it was God speaking to me, come alive, come alive. I could feel it. It was like a breaking, everything was coming. Mm. Um, so I'll never forget that. That was, um, that was a huge point of me literally breaking down. Like God was breaking every wall that I was trying to put up in my life, but getting back to, um, Joseph Smith, I do want to go here, um, uh, concerning reconciling, uh, that inside of my mind that the only way that I could reconcile was I had to, um, understand truly the roots of Joseph Smith. And Mm -hmm. if he truly was a true prophet of God and, um, in seminary, when I was going through uh, seminary, especially Old Testament and New Testament, and when I was reading my assignments and stuff, it it really um, 
I felt really frustrated in seminary because uh, now this were, is you know, Mormon, Mormon seminary, seminary, right? Mormon, Mormon seminary. seminary. Yeah, not as yes. Christians get all confused. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, yeah. with the church education system, CES. Um, and so in seminary, Mormon seminary, um, I would get really frustrated when I was reading the New Testament and the points that I was led to read. But when I would read all of it, instead of just like the scriptures that they had in my manual, um, my student manual, I would get kind of frustrated concerning what they were saying in the manual and then what was actually written in the Bible. Yeah. Um, so I had a lot of questions um, as a teenager. And I remember when I was 15 years old, I, this is so funny. My mom does not know this. I actually okay. snuck out um, and I, I told my mom I was feeling sick. It was Wednesday night and Wednesday night was youth group. And um, I actually climbed out my window because I was dating this guy. He was a basketball player, um, really popular. His name's Adam Schwartz and his mom, I loved his mom. And they went to the Assembly of God Church. And that was like a mile and a half from my house. And I snuck out that night. I'll never forget this. And I was so scared. And I was praying that my dad and my mom would never find out that I was going to his youth group. Um, they invited me to go to youth group. So I snuck out. And that was the only way that I could go. Um, otherwise, if I told my parents, you know, you know how that goes. Um, they're supposed to come yeah. to our, our youth group, not we go to their youth group. So I'll never forget this. I went to the assembly of God and I met up with my boyfriend and I was really excited. You know, he's really cute and handsome and just to spend time with him. But more so, I, I wanted to know what happened in another church because I had never gone into another church before. So that was my first experience was going into the assembly of God. And, um, I remember they were doing worship and there was an altar call and I don't know what came over me, but I went up to the altar call wow. and yeah. And the worship leader, um, there and my, 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 the guy that I was dating at the time, Adam, it, yes. and explain what an altar call is. Cause Mormons listening won't have any clue either. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So an altar call is when, um, after pretty much after the service and everything like that. Um, if you want to be saved or if you want to, if you want prayer, um, about anything to please come up, um, so that they can pray for you. They can talk to you about Jesus, answer any questions and stuff like that. And so honestly, I don't even really remember what the sermon was about. I was just so excited to be with my boyfriend and experiencing this really crazy church. Like you know, the kids were dancing, they were clapping. Um, the music was, was amazing. And I was like, and I'm, I'm sing. I love to sing. And, um, I was going to so say, it, so was the contemporary worship in the assemblies of God, was that a positive for you or a negative, but it sounds like it was a positive. Well, like, okay. Mormon pride, right. I'm just going <laughs> to go here. My Mormon pride on the outside was like, these people are so wicked. Like, why are they doing this? You know, but on the inside, I was like, man, I really like this jam. I really want to get down, but I can't, you know, like I was really scared. Um, but on the inside, it was just like, really, like I was excited in my mind, everything, but on the outside, 
no, I was not even going to go there because, um, Adam's crossed. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, (laughs) Adam's mom was a teacher at the school. And so, you know, and she was, she was pretty prominent in our community. So my mom was, had good relations with her too. So I had to be careful. But when the altar call came at assembly of God, I literally just walked up there and I don't even remember what the sermon was about. I just walked up there and um, I remember having my arms crossed and my boyfriend was so shocked and he (laughs) came up next to me and he was like, are you, are you sure you want to do this? Because he knew how devout my family was, how devout I was. Um, He had come to seminary with me um, sometimes, even to my youth groups. Um, So there was, you know, he knew uh, where my faith was at. And so when I went up there and a lot of my friends actually went to this church and they were shocked. Because they all know you as the good Mormon. You're not connected to any of the Christian denominations. You are LDS and you're staunch LDS. And here you are going forward at the invitation at the altar call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so a bunch of my friends from high school had come around me and it was Adam's mom, uh, Mrs. Schwartz, who spoke a word over me. And she, she said, you might not know what's happening right now. But she said, God has a plan for your life. And that plan is going to go forth. And she said, from this day forward, God has you marked. And I, that's all I remember from that. That's all I remember, literally. And um, I remember getting prayer. Um, You know, my friends laid hands on me. And I remember crying um, really bad um, at that youth group. And I didn't know at that time that that's what the true Holy Spirit was. coming on me and uh just the words they were speaking to me um and everybody knew me in high school all throughout my life as elizabeth and so they kept you know saying elizabeth god loves you elizabeth you know um god wants you he wants to show you the truth and these were the things that my friends were saying to me and at that time i was going through hell in my life there was just, I mean, I don't Talking know. in your personal life, your personal life, yes, your family in, life? In my personal life, my, my personal life of, and I don't know, you know, when we're going to go into that part, but, you know, I, I'm a victim of sexual abuse, but I don't have victim mentality. Um, uh, praise God that I got through that, but in, in the LDS church. And so I was going through hell um, at that moment. Um and I know that God knew that I needed to hear those words, that I was loved, that I truly was a child of God, and that um, the truth was going to come forth in my life of everything. Because um, I wasn't my experience of talking about sexual abuse um, in my life in the Mormon church. That was like that just doesn't you happen. Do not, yeah, no, you don't have that conversation. Um, that didn't happen. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, and you're 15 at this point, right? I was you said 15, 15 years old. Yeah. Yes. Yep. It was towards the end of my freshman year in high school. Mm. And um, this is, this is what happened. And so I knew, I, I remember coming home. Um, I was running home so that I, you know, just in case my mom checked in on me, um, that I wouldn't get in trouble. But that night I just laid in bed 
and I had, you know, those glow in the dark stars on my ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. And I remember looking up at those stars in my room and I remember praying and asking God, like, if you're really, if you're really there, if you're, if you're really there, you're going to come, you're going to come to me. You're going to come and show me, um, what, what this all means. And, and then I never, I never, ever bothered with that again. And in fact, it was after that, I kind of got upset and angry and I felt like I had failed God. And so I, um, I broke the relationship off with Adam and, and that's I where we're that's going to have to end this episode. <laughs> place wow. Yeah, yeah. Cause we're like close to time. So, okay. So this is just getting really fascinating. So you've got this move of God in your life, but the, probably the combination of your LDS culture and loyalty yeah. and that fierceness to defend the one true church and yes. not betray it in any way coupled with I'm guessing if you're going through significant abuse at this point, just all the self-doubt and shame. And so while you're wanting to defend God's one true church, you probably don't feel super close to God at this time. So let's pick up there in the next episode then, because I would, I'm really excited to hear how one, how you process through this, because you're shut down, you're going, whoa, this was too close. This was too close, too intimate, too personal. Mm-hmm. Um, push it all away. Um, I want to hear how your friends responded and then how God continued to pursue you in our next yeah. episode. Wow. Well, Pua, thank you. Thank you for being so candid um, and being willing to share your story. Lynn? Grace and peace. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals. Mm-hmm.